welcome to Les Be Gay. Where I'm the Les. And I'm the gay. And today we're talking about internalized homophobia. Woo! We wrote that jingle just for this episode. Uh, yeah, internalized homophobia. It's something we all have. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, we all assuming the listener is some type of queer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely my- a thing that is part of the gay experience that isn't always talked about. No, and especially because it, it really does end up being the root of a lot of problems with that, the that queer community. True. Yeah. So, Em, where should we begin? We uh, could talk about <laughs> where does where does this internalized homophobia come from? Right. Uh, um, what have what what for you? What have your experiences uh, been? Well, to sort of define internalized homophobia, I'll, in my own experience, just like things that are part of gay culture or the gay experience itself that would make me uncomfortable or that you're other- ashamed of. Yeah, exactly, and it's internalized because it's all rooted in my own insecurities right right and so i grew up as you all know if you've been with it <laughs> following the pod <laughs> following the pod i grew up in a little conservative cornfield that's where it all began <laughs> um i was always raised to know that men are this type of masculine like obviously that men are supposed to be with women and blah blah blah, blah supposed to be another more air quotes yeah, and I mean, it, it was essentially my personal experience was um, growing up in this type of culture, I was taught to be one thing, and then when my body naturally wanted to be something else, I like repressed it, or I would say, you <laughs> no, and then I would further then project that onto other people, or see, for example, femininity in other people, and be like, yeah. I'm not that gay. I said that slow, because that's a quote I hear all the time. We're like, yeah. you know, I'm not that kind of gay, or like, right. I'm not a fag you know i'm right. just gay and um those are words i've definitely spoken <laughs> yeah and like yeah yeah and so I mean, what kind of like what kind of um where were you getting those specific messages or like what were specific things that made you think oh i am bad oh it's definitely obviously how i grew up like it was the same in terms of just like how society wanted men to be how my hometown wanted men to be i didn't know anything about cars i i know a lot about cars now because because <laughs> everything in my car breaks down that was a side note um i needed to know how to grill i was taught to like shoot guns at 12 oh my god you know? save <laughs> <laughs> and um well and then just inherently little things even that when i was walking in the halls i would hold my books close to my chest and sit with my legs crossed and those were both things that i was like questioned about or anything mm. so for the sake of my own safety and like con- quite literally convincing myself that i'm uh, still like a man and a boy i would purposely try to not do those things and they kept happening inherently and i find this fascinating because this was all happening before i even slightly understood my sexuality right. or even was hinted at it just these like more feminine ideas or mannerisms yeah and so it came from that after i came out it was very much so still reinforced because mm-hmm. the straight people that wanted to be around me and weren't going to like beat me up praised me for being one of the boys. Mm. For, yeah, where it's like, yeah. oh, oh, it's cool that you're gay, but you're still like one of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and even like I was compared, I think I talked about this in a previous episode, I was compared to one of the other like three gays right. at my high school where they're like, yeah, but you're not like him. You're not going to like hit on me or something. And I was like, Right, and you're no. like, right, I'm like, right, of course right, not. Never. <laughs> and it was, um, 
Yeah, and even if I was attracted to these men, then I, I wouldn't. And I, like, then convinced myself. I had so many conversations with people I went to high school with about my gay experience at the time. And it was just so much of me, like, essentially canceling out what the gay community was. Or, like, denying that I was anything like that. I'm like, no, I'm actually just like you. I just, you know, sleep with men. Yeah. Um, but not you, because you're straight, and I would never do that. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, like, so problematic on so many levels. And before I totally dive into that, and what was your experience? Um, well, it's interesting because in high school, I was just, like, flaming. Um, <laughs> and so I had a very different experience in that sense. Well, I grew up in a very small town in Wisconsin. Actually, same county that Trixie Mattel is from. <laughs> That's my claim to fame. But, Shameless plug. <laughs> um, Me but, and Nick Offerman went to the same high school. Yeah, so Fun we're, fact. we're basically famous. At the same time. We're both 27. Keep going. <laughs> Um, so I definitely, like, grew up in a conservative town, but then I moved to Minnesota when I was 13, and so then I, like, came of age in this town that was still small, but, like, a college town, and so, like, more liberal, little right. more art there. Um, <laughs> and so I was, like, in a good environment where I had supportive people around me, and then, like, discovered theater, and so then, like, being gay wasn't bad. So I was, like, very... <laughs> very gay. As soon as I realized I was gay, I was like, rainbows all the time. <laughs> um, and, like, that wasn't a bad thing for me in high school. Sure. And I know that there was, like, some instances or... I guess nobody really cared, though. Like, there, I remember there was this one guy in my class who was definitely very conservative, and we had a couple classes together and would butt heads. But I remember um, my friend told me that, like, she overheard him talking about me and was like, oh, you know, Emily, that, like, lesbian who, you know, like, but, like, I never got shit from him, you know? Right. I mean, that was an accurate description. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't wrong. Yes. I am a lesbian. Um, but so I actually felt, like, a lot of freedom in high school to, like, express myself. But I feel like I actually have had more internalized homophobia or struggled more in college Fascinating. I have yes. the opposite experience. You go first. Keep yes. talking about college. Because, well, here's the thing. We are um, actors. We are actors. We are I'm in an acting major. We are in, we have, uh, pursuing our BFAs. And, yes. Uh, and so... Let's um, unpack that. I find that theater <laughs> is um, dumb. <laughs> no. I love it. The thing is, is that a lot of commercial theater is very conventional and they want very conventional people. Conventional meaning, like, ladies who are feminine and straight. And, <laughs> you know, and men who are masculine and straight. Yeah, and that's so... So... Especially with, just like a tidbit I want to throw in, I talk about this with a lot of other um, queer actors in our thing, with how many gay people work in theater, how much internalized homophobia is in there there might be queer people working but the conventionality of like oh, who the they cast still kind of holds are through still, yeah they're yeah, still like it's... pushing for these like heteronormative ideas yeah um which is also interesting though because there's tons of gay men in theater but then like <laughs> but then when, <laughs> not as... lots of lesbians in performance anyway <laughs> right um, and design and stuff, of course. <laughs> I think it, I have my theories, but you finish. Um, you yes, finish yes, your yes, college yes. before we so, digress. Where was I? <laughs> oh, I totally cut you off. You were no, saying no. that you think theater is dumb and 
too conventional. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's where you were. And so then, like, me being, like, more androgynous or masculine in high school when I was doing theater wasn't an issue at all and didn't feel like a problem. And then, like, I came to college and then was then that impacted my casting. And I was like, right. oh, this is a thing that I am aware of now. And so then I would get called back for, like, a lot of old people or for, like... Not women. <laughs> right. And you, uh, just a reminder that Emily looks like a full dyke. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah. So um, that was frustrating <laughs> because then <clears throat> I got some like feedback from teachers or people essentially saying like that I should quote fem it up. Not the, those weren't the exact words, but no. essentially saying like that I could fem it up to be quote, a chameleon actor to um, expand my casting. So I tried to do that, but you know you know what? Uh, you know who's better at being feminine? Somebody who actually is feminine instead yeah. of me who is not trying to be. It's like uh, apples and oranges. If someone wants an apple and you're an orange, they're not going to want you anyway. Right, like an orange your... trying to be an apple. Yeah. Yeah, and so <laughs> then I would go into these auditions with like lipstick and heels and then wouldn't get called back anyway. And I was like, well, cool, cool, cool. And so, which... All that to say, now I'm in this place of like, well, fuck that. Who I am is great, and I don't need to be more feminine, and I can still pursue theater and get jobs. But in the process of like trying to be more feminine and like with feedback I was getting and with like certain casting things or lack of casting, (laughs) I definitely like internalized that and was like oh i need to be more feminine because me being masculine is like bad yeah and like i viewed it as like an obstacle to my career yeah, instead of me. an asset i'm saying yeah to like validate your story not going yeah it is bad <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> so that like has been my college journey and again now i'm in a place where i'm like i'm great so right i feel like anyone who says otherwise see and now that you say that i actually think it's interesting because i had a similar experience with casting but i had the opposite effect maybe my brain's thinking we met in the middle let me explain so i came into college with the same sort of like in terms of acting like oh i'm gonna be this leading man i'm gonna be this masculine person that i am which is so funny. Um, yeah. And like, I remember freshman year. Yeah. <laughs> also, I had the ugliest haircut freshman year. I was like, I looked back at some old photos and I was like, I was bitching about not getting cast. I look like a peacock. Like, <laughs> anyway. Um, no wonder I wasn't seen for certain roles. Anyway, I came in as this feminine twink who <laughs> was pretending to be masked. And it was essentially when casting wasn't working out, my solution was to become very jaded and i feel like honestly with a lot of my feedback being that i was too feminine or more so that i just simply didn't fit or that i didn't make sense because i had this rich baritone sound but looked and talked the way i did or Mm -hmm. whatever it almost polarized me towards the one maybe and so like the one which one towards being feminine towards interesting because with so much happening there was literally a point oh my gosh that mind you this was not a quick journey this happened over many years but there was a point when i honestly felt more power in being what they didn't want being so different and i Uh, got it from because it was more authentic yeah because that's the thing too there's so much there's so many parts of me that are so basic but they're so me (laughs) right and i'd rather be genuine than like completely different yeah but especially seeing 
a lot of our classmates and like being in this world where I'm seeing a lot of professional people that are so out and proud about who they are in like every sort of aesthetic. I craved that. And then also was like, well, I'm not getting cast anyway. And then, and then right. sort of, so I came into my own and part of me thinks that maybe we met in the middle. Like I was so repressed and you had a more free high school experience and maybe we were just clapped to right this well, place of acceptance in the middle or something yeah well because i and i definitely remember because you definitely tried to be masculine for so long i Very, convinced it was, you were like i need to have the broadway body <laughs> i need to, oh my god yeah working out was yeah. so i have since yeah. then i literally <laughs> have gained 20 pounds of muscle and plug and <laughs> But it was definitely me, like, it wasn't fun. It was no. me going, like, no, I have to look like a leading man, too. And I, know. I was like, also. I remember when that Because that was, was happening, and I was always like, Nate, you're beautiful. I still do that. You still do that. I know. That. But you're definitely healthier now and have a yeah. better, uh, like, healthier mindset about it. Yeah, it's like, I genuinely have fun with it. I still think it, you're beautiful. And even <laughs> I, I, well, now I think I'm beautiful, too. Like, that's the thing. And there's still, like, little moments that I feel might be internalized homophobia within me. For example, like, I feel really uncomfortable when my nails are painted. Mm. And I've only done it like three or four times. Well, I paint your nails because you can't do it yourself. Because <laughs> it looks so bad when I do it. <laughs> I, I, um, but it was, but I genuinely painted my nails white, not even anything crazy. And I don't have like long nails or anything. They were just like normal length nails and I painted them white and I went to work and every time I looked at them, I felt so uncomfortable. And part of it was like, oh gosh, someone who comes into this... I was working at this theater where most of the audience was very old. Old. <laughs> and I was like, someone's going to say something. I'm going to get hurt. Oh. Or blah, 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 blah. Well, and then like, yeah. I, well, well, and I working at that theater just got called sir all the time. <laughs> <laughs> now when I have my nails painted, it feels more like a, no, I just don't well, know if I enjoy this. But I, you know what I love? Lipstick. Well, and I was going to say. I love lipstick. I love um, wearing lipstick. I think it's so fun. So I wonder, going. too, because part of that is, well, thought. Um, okay. <laughs> because Bubble. part of that is like, oh, is that internalized homophobia that you're uncomfortable? Or is it that you're genuinely scared because people are homophobic? But then, if you think about it, the reason why we have internalized homophobia is because other people are homophobic and they press their homophobia onto us and then we, you know, then internalize it. Yeah. So I guess it's both question mark. Yeah. And, it, and it's such a hodgepodge of things. And it's just sort of like with how society is that we have these biases and prejudices towards queer people and with unconventional people, mm -hmm. both with straight people who just inherently have some sort of bias towards how a man and a woman should act, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then us growing up in that, inherently have internalized homophobia because we were raised to be completely opposite of what our bodies naturally wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah, and I find it, I find it really interesting. Also, there's a conversation, this is a little tangent, there's a conversation about, like, why so many gay men are feminine and so many gay women are masculine and that sort of, like, well, you just sleep with the same sex. Why do you have to wear skirts? Like, you right. know? And I think, well, in a fun psychology way, there's like a connection to the energy that things give off. Mm. Like how a skirt gives off a different energy than dress pants and how a smooth, soft, like made up face, it gives off a different energy than like a rugged, uh, leathery face. That's a weird, <laughs> that's a weird term. But you know what I mean? And so the same applies in terms of like, what we find sexually attractive to 
Um, so then I find it interesting that it's like sort of the energy that people give off. I think in a world where like the societal gender norms and all this stuff didn't exist, it'd be more varied in that there'd be more feminine straight men too and more yeah, masculine gay men and toxic then same with, masculinity yeah and i think it and then in that yeah. sense i believe it's become very polarized also like in the sense that for growing up being told not to do these things it's quite literally the only thing you want to do don't think about the pink elephant or whatever that expression right. is i mean that's why so many gay communities are so specific is because it's a group of people that were shunned from the rest of society for doing specific things or thinking or saying yeah. specific things and they go to this community where they can do right. that and it quite literally polarizes them to do it right um, no that's true and also i mean that's what how community is built you know like the fact right. that there is a gay community because they were you know isolated from the rest of society or said like no that then community was formed but i also think that's interesting that you say that because i think about that for myself too and i think that there's some people who like because they're policed so much for being gay that then they do the whole 180 and are like well no i'm just gonna be so gay then you know and i feel like i (laughs) am guilty of that (laughs) well and also though that like because again thinking of casting and stuff because then now i'm in this place of like yeah well i'm just like a lesbian and i'm gonna play these cool lesbian roles and this is the kind of art i want to do and then i'm like oh but maybe i can like maybe i like can play roles that aren't lesbians like can i i mean obviously there's certain straight female roles that i'm just like not gonna play right but like that also that you may not there's ones that aren't specified right oh yeah no that's true because i because i was thinking about that too and it's not that there's roles that we can't play but maybe roles that people won't let us play no that's true i think there's a lot of roles that i would like to play but then i don't necessarily fit people's vision of it and i'm like well maybe your vision is dumb have you have you ever have you ever heard this one um you're watching something this usually this happens to me a lot on stage because of how many gay men are in theater he was really good he sounded really good i just you know i could tell he was gay Mm, yeah even if he's playing a straight man we have me and my friend ben oh my god we have this hashtag called hashtag no more gay wills totally totally problematic Ah! (laughs) it was one of our favorite shows is big fish and um he was lucky enough to be in it playing a different role but i really wanted to play will which is the son and and just it's so funny because it became like a hit among a bunch of like community theaters and high schools and every time we saw this show the guy playing will was very feminine and very feminine gay man trying to be straight. And Ben and I used to talk about it all the time when we were in high school and we were like, but I could, you know, I could tell. Yeah. And now that I've gone through four years of college in art and have experienced similar right. discrimination things, what if Will was just an effeminate man? Yeah. Right? And also similar to how an acting th- rule is like when a character is drunk, you don't play drunk, you're trying to be sober. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and so, in t- and the same thing goes with like being funny. You're not trying to be funny. You're trying to be honest and genuine. Right. So then when we play characters that are like straight, it becomes such an idea in our heads. And I say our, as in gay actors that have struggled with this. And right. If you're, <laughs> you if and you're, I specifically. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're a queer actor, you probably have heard similar things before. Just like you like almost trick yourself. I shouldn't say you. I'll well, speak for myself. Like because... I almost trick myself into playing the sexuality rather than the problem at hand yes right yes no well that's so true because yeah that i was like trying to like play this like 
feminine person and then in doing so it became ingenuine because you I'm like playing the femininity versus like playing the scene and that's the same with like straight people playing gay roles when it's bad because it's like they play gay they're just trying to play gay and then it's not genuine and has that ever bled over to roles you're doing that are not specifically straight because for me i remember even doing oh my gosh even when i did the normal heart um, yes, oh my gosh, I remember when you did that scene. I remember still trying to mask it Yes, up. no, I remember that. Because you even definitely if the, did. Because <laughs> it wasn't even that the character, obviously the character himself, I was Ned. Obviously the character himself. Who is gay. Who is gay. Don't know. Yeah, you should you, know the normal heart. Normal heart. <laughs> you look it up. That's on your gay reading list, okay? <laughs> I still was masking it up. Yeah, I remember Because you, that's what my brain was like, this is what people want. And yeah. that's what I was trained to constantly do forever this was my freshman year of college and obviously through casting faux pas and blah 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 i love myself now and i mean the things i play now are still like you know usually flamboyant characters like maybe that's because i'm just naturally flamboyant but it's not to say that i can't do the other thing either yeah (laughs) there's two sides of this coin it's very ignorant to think that someone can only do one thing Mm -hmm. especially because some of my favorite serious actors are comedic actors or, like, I see a lot of films I really enjoy that are, like, dramas or romances, and I look at their other work, and it's, like, horror movies, which yeah. is fascinating. Um, chameleon actors also don't exist. Oh, my God. No, I was just that... going to say that. Yes, yes. But I was just going to say the thing that makes me angry, too, because, I, like, going off of what you were saying of, like, oh, but I could tell they were gay, and then, like, I'll, I'll hear people say, like, oh, but can they play straight? Like, or can they only yeah. be gay? And I hate this idea that, like, people have to be able to do that right perhaps you can build a career on just like being the authentic version of you right and because i agree like i mean i was essentially told like oh if you're your authentic self you're gonna limit your casting so you should try to be a chameleon actor so you can work more which is bullshit it's so dumb and because chameleon actors like don't exist. Well, and I'll I say hate, it. Yeah. Comedian actors don't exist. Well, and also like the idea that that's like the highest form of acting because I would rather be like super good at one thing than like be like good at a lot of stuff. Right. And it's the you sense know? there's a lot of really big actors that are called chameleon actors simply because they've done a lot of work. But yeah. like a very common one is Meryl Streep, yeah. who is a very, very talented actress. And she's done a lot of varied roles. That doesn't mean they're all in her wheelhouse. Especially there's a point when celebrities become celebrities and they just get cast in things. Yeah. For also, the name. she's like old and has had a very long career. It takes a long time. And so, yeah. like, you know, she wasn't of just course like... she's a chameleon actress because, yeah, she's done a lot of things because she's had a long career to do it. And I'd like to argue that. If we had the chance to do all those different things, too, mm-hmm. we could do them decently well. Yeah. But I agree with your point that, like, putting the pressure on to be able to do absolutely everything. Especially when we're so young. What the heck? Oh, my God. Yeah. So now we're, we're just veering into a conversation of how theater school is problematic. Uh, <laughs> LOL. <laughs> um, to circle back, to circle back, um, where were we on our checklist yes. of points? We, we... we were talking about, well, moving forward, talking about, like, how internalized homophobia manifests which we've already kind of touched on right for me i just tried to be more feminine and then felt bad about myself because i failed at it <laughs> it's literally it's literally 
the urge to be straight when what you're fighting against is your queerness. And that's mm-hmm. queerness not even necessarily in who you're sexually attracted to. Though it includes yeah. that. It's also like the culture of it and why people feel such dissonance when they have to do such heteronormative things. Mm-hmm. Or when you project those onto others yeah. and you don't like seeing it in other people. Yes, I was just going to say that. That was one of my bullet points. Yeah, Because that- that's, that's a big like... The whole thing about like, internalized homophobia is like, you know, if you have your own problem, whatever. But the big reason it's, it's such a problem, too. It's yeah, you project it onto other people then. And so then it's like attacking other people for what you don't like about yourself. And you don't like being gay. Mask <laughs> so for then, mask? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, or even like criticizing other gay people or using humor as a disguise. We just watched the remake of The Boys in the Band yesterday. So good. And so, like, so good. that's all about internalized homophobia. Right. But, like, I feel like in that movie, in that play, they use a lot of, like, humor and will, like, insult each other, but in a funny way, but in a way of, like, ooh, but you think that's true. Right. And <laughs> be you like, know? oh, wow. Or, like, calling each other slurs, which. I think, do we want to talk about reclaiming slurs? Because we definitely have on this podcast. Maybe we should acknowledge that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, because I think that, I did just call you a dyke earlier in this episode. (laughs) You did. (laughs) Um, Because I think that... (laughs) Because I think that, like, reclaiming slurs for oneself can be very empowering because you are then taking the power away from the person who's using it negatively. And so, like, for myself... Like, I find it really empowering to reclaim the word dyke and also because of Alison Bechtel and dykes to watch out for right. and, like, all of that and the historical significance. So I really like that word. But then, like, I'm going to use it for myself and I'm not going to, like, use it towards other people necessarily. Right. Yeah. Even um, though I just called you a dyke earlier well, in this episode. Well, that's... Yeah, but you... Uh, We're friends. That's... Uh, yeah, no. We have an understanding. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that, like reclaiming slurs in that sense and again not everybody's on board with that and i totally understand that but then i think it get, you know it's bad when you're then like using those slurs and directing them towards other people especially when you're doing it in a negative way yeah so if you're like like when i said i'm gay but i'm not a fag exactly like yeah. that that's a yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so probably because it's not even when i called you a dyke <laughs> earlier because it was just like a common humor yeah well it's not me thinking that like there's something wrong with your natural well right but when people like refer to other gay men as such you know i'm saying gay men because i'm a gay man and my personal experience and especially like when it's other when it's gay men saying it about other gay men yeah there's there's a lot of homophobia within the gay community Right. And this yes. is what we're talking about. Because men use that word to describe certain types of gay, like they are sexually attracted to men, but it's almost like they're validating it by saying that they are not attracted to those gay men or mm-hmm. those feminine men. Mask and it's, for mask. Mask for mask. I, Which is... I'm attracted to masculine men, but not only masculine men. Yeah. And also I'm not repulsed by feminine men. Right. And, also, and that, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. It just in general, your type is not like a must have. They're not your excess needs. Like you don't, right. <laughs> like my, like my type is tall, muscular, redhead with a baby face. <laughs> Most of the men that I have been with, that I've been very much so sexually attracted to have not been necessarily that yeah. description, obviously. And just like, yeah. And so then like 
totally cutting off feminine people is just like like, it's just problematic well and to that a lot of people respond with like well i'm just not into feminine men well why are you not into feminine men right it's like is it because you hate that a preference is what i have right i have a type a bias is when you only do that one thing right Right. like i'm specifically into masculine men because because why yeah well it's like when people have like racial preferences too on their dating profiles yeah it's like oh no you're just racist yeah same deal that's just racism i saw one oh my gosh i saw a profile the other day it was so funny he's (laughs) he specifically was like no whites it was this white man that was like no whites which is like problematic in its own way because then it's like fetishizing people yeah but it was so refreshing No, yeah, it's so, so yeah. Like, okay. Dating apps are also, yeah. Well, and especially Grindr. And that's yeah. like, and I, everyone has their own opinions about it. And I'm not going to go on to a giant tangent about Grindr right now. But just that like a lot of the men on Grindr. I live in St. Louis. Let me preface that. I live in St. Louis and the quality of men in this city is just significantly lower than the quality of men in every other highly populated city. <laughs> a lot of people on Grindr are internally homophobic or closeted yeah. no and that's men. the thing and a not... lot of it is like anonymous yeah. it's like you know before there was cruising and now there's apps and now there's grinding yeah and and, and it's like yeah closeted right and it's anonymous. like obviously not to say that that using the app itself is wrong especially because no, like i'd use the feature where you travel to different cities <laughs> and i'm like oh look at all the men back home I'm like back home in chicago <laughs> uh, not back home in manuka back home in chicago like i'm like oh look at men my age showing their face proudly yeah. Who are attractive and seem sane. You know, mm-hmm. like, great. I digress. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was going to say another thing, another way that I think that it manifests is the idea of, like, people saying, like, well, being gay is just, like, a small part of who I am. <gasps> it doesn't define me. Which... You should go off about this. Is true. <laughs> it, you know, like, there are people have a lot... There are a lot of qualities that people have, you know, that makes them who they are. But also I think that, like, compartmentalizing and being like, well, being gay is just this, like, small box. It doesn't define me. And my opinion, being gay affects pretty much every aspect of my life. Well, yeah. I mean, we talked about that before, how just simply us as queer people changes how... We view things. We view things in the world. Yeah. And you're right with... compartmentalizing mm-hmm. is that the word you said yes okay cool <laughs> that's what me and my therapist talk about <laughs> <laughs> but the the fact that you the idea that you could just turn off part of yourself is quite literally yeah you know, that it's you just like put it in this little box over here and it's like oh yes that's part of me but not... that's like walking onto a stage without your left arm like it's like all of you is there all the time is what i'm trying to say i probably won't work for disney ever because i post pictures of myself drinking alcohol and I talk about sex a lot like it's like that's over here on my social media but quite literally that I'm open about that that I stand for that it doesn't directly show like in whatever role I'd be playing or whatever but I am all of me all the time and I honestly that's the empowering place I couldn't get to because I was trying trying to to shove it in a box yeah and pick and choose which parts were okay for that day or that moment yes and i think that that's the issue with it again like it's true in the sense that like there are a lot of things that make you who you are but then like why do you feel the need to say like yeah but that's just a small part like why aren't you saying that about like the fact that you have brown hair or like you know like right that that, i've never heard anyone say that about like 
I don't know, anything else. <laughs> right. <laughs> trying yeah. to think of a better example. Yeah. But like me being gay affects how I think about things and how I express myself and how I talk about things, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just so like... And how I'm seen by the world, which I guess that's probably the thing that people don't want then yeah. is they don't want to be viewed differently by the world. So then they do compartmentalize it and try to put it into a box to be like, no, but you shouldn't look at me differently because of this thing. I And it's literally which, just like, being like, get, being gay is just a part of me. I'm like, yeah, as, as well as being a boy or... Being from the Midwest. Being from the Midwest. Or being like, an actor. Being, or... Yeah. The, it's quite literally all of you at the same time. And I think also it's so much more genuine to be all of that at once. And those are the people that I really enjoy being around. And that's my own personal <laughs> opinion. But I love people that just know themselves so well. We were talking about we were when we were watching Boys in the Band that... Um, Harold. Yeah, the character I love Harold. Harold because He's he so... Just... He's, like, so... Rude, but also... (laughs) Yeah, but he, like, knows exactly who he is, and he's not gonna apologize for it, and he just holds his power. Again, well, I'm gonna recommend The Boys in the Band. Oh my god, spoiler! I know I'm not gonna spoil too much about it, but, yeah. It's actually interesting how each character kind of reacts to Mm -hmm. that, how society wanted them to be, and sort Mm -hmm. of how it's all these completely different gay experiences and how they're all uniquely internally homophobic or like lack thereof, right? Right, yeah, yeah. So how do we get rid of internalized homophobia? Step one, we talk about it, right? <laughs> no, that's true. It's a very good first step. Um, I said that like I actually have a list of numbers. I don't have steps, but uh-huh. a good place to begin is talking about it. I have bullet it. points. <laughs> <laughs> do you actually? Yeah, I do. Okay, what are your bullets? Well, I was going to say, um, and kind of going off of that, like awareness. And so I think talking about it and I think being aware of yourself and being able to recognize it and like, because I think that's what you and I have now been able to do. Because last year, you know, I was like struggling with all of the stuff that I was just talking about. And then in my one class, we read The Boys in the Band, which I had already like seen before, but I was rereading it and I was like, oh, oh, and I was like, (laughs) interesting. And then like becoming aware of, oh, like I do some of these things or like I'm noticing this in myself. How can I then take steps to (laughs) stop, you know? And so then recognizing like, oh, what is the root of that? And that's so much having conversations both with yourself, finding good resources to where you can kind of analyze those things you say. And I feel like a lot of, at least in my personal experience, a lot of the internalized homophobia I had was kind of hard to spot because I was so comfortable with it. Mm, Yeah, no, that's very true. So it was hard to just instantly sit there and analyze myself and be like, hmm, what part of being gay do I not like? Yeah, because then you got to realize like, okay, where is the root of this? What is making me feel this way? And that's therapy. (laughs) Yes. And And then like removing those things. So like if I realize that like, going to church is making me feel shame (laughs) that like maybe I should stop doing that or rethink my relationship with the church (laughs) hypothetically (laughs) um yes and that goes the same with like specific people too yes no Um, 100% and this is again therapy just like in general, it's hard when there's people so close to us, family, friends, peers, teachers, superiors, that make us feel a certain way. And what we're talking about make us feel that anything we inherently want to do or being gay to any capacity is wrong. And it's yeah. hard to cut them out of our lives 
or mold them to accept the lives that we have. Right. Well, and it's also hard, too, because, I mean, one of the other things that I wrote down was, like, um, engage with other gay people and um, yeah. people who support you. But then it's also hard when you're, like, in a small town <sighs> and, like, don't have access to that. That's and, how I was. Yeah. Right? And so, yeah, that can be really hard. Luckily, though, I do think that, I mean, social media is terrible. But <laughs> I also think that... For, like, young queer people, the fact that there are resources on the internet that are, like, good, safe, healthy resources. Right. Not, there's also bad ones. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, that people can find communities who otherwise wouldn't be able to. Because I yeah. think that's so important, finding a community. Yeah, and that's, and honestly, like, with the age of information and social media and things, it's actually easier to find those types of people. And mm-hmm. this is also... I can say it once, I'll say it a million times, this is also why representation is really important, because again, speaking from my own experience, those gay men that are so out and proud, other gay men that have accepted their sexuality a lot more, that's what I needed when I was in that mm-hmm. small town. Which that can I didn't also be get. intimidating if you are in a place of like being intern having internalized homophobia. That's really interesting. Yes, you know, because then it's like ah, <laughs> I don't uh, right? Because then you like don't like the anyway. Yeah, and there's no just like as a preface too. There's no like specific way to be out and proud. There no, that's are very true. there are. There's a great episode of Love Victor. Yeah. <laughs> I will not be recommending Love, Victor at the end of this episode, but... Better than Love, Simon. No, Um. better than Love, Simon. (laughs) But quite literally that. Like, even, you know, if you're, like, totally masked, don't have a crisis that you're not wearing skirts. Like, you're still gay. No, and that's very true that however you are is valid. And so, like, if you feel like, oh, but I'm speaking for a gay man. Like, oh, I'm too masculine, and then, like... I'm not, you know, like yeah, I'm just enforcing heteronormativity. Right. No. And th- yeah, and, and that's the same another... like if you, you know, if you're a man who is very feminine and feeling like I'm just enforcing stereotypes. No. Like you are all valid and yeah. it's all good. I said yeah, and I said that earlier where I was like, I mean, I used to there were people when I first got to college, I mean again, rightly so. I was internally homophobic very much. Um, but a lot of gay men would be like, you're not even gay. You don't sleep around. Weird. Right. Or like you are a Chelsea boy. <laughs> There's a term for people like me, and it's Chelsea boy. I'm not that much of a Chelsea boy. I don't actually know what that means. Oh my gosh, Joanna explained it to me. Joanna's one of our teachers, and she... I was t- I was explaining to her this crisis, and she goes, no, like, you know, there's... Uh, you need to, like, get out of this school. There's communities for people like you. I think, like, there's, uh, you know, Chelsea boys, and it's, like, gay men that, like, go to the gym and are still broy. y and they're, Oh, that's like, funny. They're, like, muscly gay men. They're Chelsea well, boys. Well, I know... Chelsea, and that's like a neighborhood in New York. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. Uh, Maybe that's where that comes from. I don't know. (laughs) But um, but right, it's the, there will be both gay men and straight men that might tell you one thing or the other. And that happened, that happens in the boys in the band, not a spoiler, but just the fact that each character is so different in terms of like how they view themselves and and their like expression and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. their relationship with their identity yeah how they express themselves yeah so whatever you are that feels completely genuine is valid it's really just finding the points where like what makes you happy yeah and finding the points where the other things repulse you that's what we need to look at that's (laughs) where it is okay Um, keep going keep going well i was gonna say too like we said engaging with people who do support you and then just like not giving power to people who are trying to bring you down 
You know, like you can choose who you give power to. Yeah, and it's hard to, it's a hard concept to realize, but you have power now. Yeah, exactly. No, Um, and own it. Yeah. Like, so if somebody does say something homophobic or whatever that might make you like question yourself, you know, you can always be like, what? No, fuck you. I'm not going to listen to what you have to say. Well, yeah, and it was, it's literally that. And it's kind of finding your own power in a, in a mental way. Yeah. Obviously, like, there's certain situations. Again, things it, my therapist says. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and there's like, talking, relating back to our uh, coming out episode that like, your situation might vary. Um, in terms of your safety, and that is definitely something you have to take into account. Right. But in terms of you owning your own power and expression and who you are, no one else should be able to take that away from you. And we're in a society where people feel like they can mm-hmm. and expect it, and it's very, it's, yeah. it's rough. Yeah. It's a rough go right now, <laughs> yeah. as it's always been. Yeah, I think the last thing I had was just like, uh, strive to love yourself. Find the things that like you love about yourself. Again, surround yourself with people who support you, who and, love you. And this is a general sense. And even if you're one of our <laughs> one of our straight listeners, uh, yeah. this can apply to you too. And it's the same sense of like, I mean, obviously, don't be homophobic. But <laughs> if you if you got anything from making it this far into the episode, <laughs> but also just like loving yourself and how you express yourself, and don't let anyone take that yeah. away from you. Loving yourself, yes, and then realizing that it is an active choice as well. Mm. I mean, you have to choose to to be proud of who you are because we live in a society that tries to put you down. Like, it's not going to come naturally necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so it's, an, it's a process and it's an active choice. Yeah. And that's another thing that I think that we don't talk about a lot, you know, that, like, it can take work, but that's yeah. okay and it's worth it. And Absolutely. Yeah. Try new things. Try try things that push your comfort zone. If you're struggling to really kind of analyze where these things might be, paint your nails. See if you like it. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't. (laughs) Um, Try on lipstick. See if you like it. I did. Yeah. Right? Because it's a spectrum. And it's like literally the point of it is that you can eliminate that in yourself and make it a freer space for others. Internalized homophobia. Well, let's give our recommendations for yeah, this week. Yeah, it was a good episode. Yes. Would you like to begin? Shall I begin? You go first because everyone knows what yours is. Oh, yes. That's true. <laughs> um, so I'm recommending The Boys in the Band, specifically the 1970 film, mm-hmm. um, because it was just remade. But of course, I'm going to, you know, plug the classic. Um, right. And it's based on the play that was produced off-Broadway in 1968, and it's about this group of gay men living in New York, and they're all friends, and also, again, it's the 60s, and so, like, (laughs) seeing how they interact with each other and what it's like to be gay at that time. And, of course, gay men in the 60s, there's a big theme of internalized homophobia. So I definitely recommend The Boys in the Band. I think it's a important thing to watch now so you can look back and be like, oh, that's how it was, and then realize, too, like, there's certain things where it's like, oh, it's still like that. Yeah, historically educating yourself a bit. Yes, which is very important. Which is so important. Yes. Thank you, Anne. My recommendation for this week is... Uh, something a little new called Dating Amber. It's it is, so good. It's so good. It is a film written and directed by David Frayne. It's Irish, which I love me a good Irish film. Um, and it is essentially about two kids in high school 
that are both discovering their sexualities and decide to date each other. Yes, to, one is gay, one, one is, is a lesbian. Yeah one is, yeah, one is a gay man, one is a lesbian woman. And they decide to date each other to prevent um, the kids at school from bullying them. And through it, the movie, like, destroys a bunch of these gay film tropes that normally yes. happen. It's very, very good. And I think the journey of these characters is very truthful. And they're both... Yes totally unique but also it's a nice look into how internalized homophobia can turn into something really toxic Mm -hmm. and it's and it's a great film the writer is gay yes and it's like actors are queer autobiographical yeah so yeah that's my recommendation for the week yeah i think it's the part where you ask me where they can find us oh right i forgot i was totally (laughs) gonna skip that um (laughs) so nate where can people find us you can find us on Instagram at Podcast. There you can DM us with any topics you would like us to talk about or any questions you may have or comment any fun comments you want to tell us about. You can find my personal Instagram at NateJig, N-A-T-E-J-I-G. M's Instagram is still private. That's, you, you know yeah, the gist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, please find us on there and reach out. We'd love to hear from you guys. And remember, let's be ourselves. Let's be shameless. And as always, let's, let's be, be gay. gay. Thank you guys so much. Yeah.